0: This is a conversation with artist and saboteur Sam Levine on art as descent, big tech, and how we can use sabotage to free ourselves from the monopolies that now control and surveil every aspect of our lives. I first came to know Sam through his creative projects of self-sabotage like Zoom Escaper and Slow Hot Computer. Our conversation will touch upon these creative tools for dissent and sabotage, as well as his essay and Pioneer Works that touches upon how sabotage can be used systemically to stop, thwart, and get in the way of big tech. It's a fascinating conversation on resistance, art as dissent, and what the future will look like if we do not stand up to monopolists like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and others who seek to rule us like kings, once-ruled serfs. For more conversations like this, you can go to our back catalog on the Arts of Travel podcast. That's on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. I'd highly recommend our series of conversations with big tech critic Edward Unwesso, Jr., You can also go to our website, asiaarttours.com. We have fascinating essays on global dissent against big tech and monopoly capitalists. I highly recommend our recent interview with the South Asia feminist collective, Karti Darti, on the farmers' protests of India and building solidarity in Pakistan. Here's my conversation now with Sam Levine. I hope you enjoy our chat today.
1: My name is Sam Levine. I'm an artist and a teacher, uh, and I, I work with um, uh, internet and new technology.
0: I've really enjoyed some of your projects, like uh, your survey, The New Organs, obviously the tools you created, the searchable database of ICE agents, uh, Zoom Escaper. But something I've struggled with and I uh, is this notion of how do we build solidarity between people who are very skilled technically and people who aren't? I think you, in your writing recently, have done a great job discussing that, but I wanted to explore that with you further. When you create something, do you see someone like me or, uh, as using it, as just a sort of a user, or do you also see that uh, as an act of collaboration,
1: yeah i guess i guess it sort of depends on the project right so um for something like for something like the new organs right which is a survey of people's experiences with um like ad surveillance technology i i did i did it it i did really feel like those those people who are who are sharing their stories and 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 sort of in conversation with me and my and my collaborator for that project like like i really felt like they were absolutely you know co-creating the work right um and they and they were really collaborators and when we sort of like it was it had like a huge influence on the project although in that case they were uncredited collaborators because of like you know people didn't want to be you know it was sort of a it was sort of like a it was sort of private right uh with something like you know zoom escaper right it's more of like an audience right that said like the kind of the idea with with like some of these tools is that you know like you could go ahead and you can make use of them and then like in your making use of them uh, you you can kind of also become um, uh, you you can, you can sort of you can sort of have a have a conversation with like me and the other people who are using the tools and then, and then and then it, it is sort of like a collaboration. Um, but kind of but the other part of it really is that like the there's a there's like obvi- there's a kind of like didactic element here, you know, so, so it's like, for me, like what I'm doing is I'm making, I'm making tools in some, in some situations, um, and, uh, to make those tools, I'm like, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing code, you know, maybe the code is like HTML or JavaScript or Python or whatever. Um, but you know, in a lot of, a lot of instances, this code is, is open source. Um, and uh, it's like freely available in one way or another. And the idea and the goal and the desire here is that like you are able to make use of it, right? And 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 kind of um, uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, you can you can make it better, right? Or 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 there's a, a sort of opportunity for for working together, um, for working together in that sense. Uh, but the other is sort of, so, so, you know, and then I am also producing kind of like educational materials about like you know how to program too, and, and I'm also trying to like uh, teach people how to web scrape, so like you can you can sort of like learn the learn, learn the techniques in that sense. But the other part of it, and 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 the other part of the sort of like way that it, it's a bit I guess didactic, is that it's not really about like you know so like the Zoom escaper for example, right, which like you know sort of self sabotages your 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 audio stream. Uh, when you're making a um, when you're making a Zoom call or doing other like video conferencing, right? So the idea is like you know you um, uh, make your, yourself so unbearable to other people's in uh, to other people in Zoom meetings that you're asked to leave. You know that's the kind of that's the that's the joke of it. And um, you know whether or not people actually use it, I don't know. Like I hope people use it. It, it's my desire that other people are, are like using this, and like you know students are using it in in their in in their in their like online classes and people are using it in their meetings or whatever, right? But I think that there's a kind of like also there's a, uh, a for me, like it's not really like the the project isn't like a success or a failure. If people use it or if they don't use it, it's more like here's um, uh, here's like a way. You know that you should be thinking. Here's like a way that you should be thinking about technology, right? That's kind of like the goal of the project to like, 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 in, inspire a certain form of of uh, uh, engagement with technology or disengagement with technology. Um, and uh, you know, and, and it, and the dream is that someone else will 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 take that up and then and then you know make other work that is in dialogue with it and perhaps. Is, is better than the work that I'm making even, right? Um, so it's not it's not supposed to be a one-way street.
0: In your essay you've, uh, that you recently put out for Pioneer Works on uh, sabotage and the self as a, sor- as a source of value for uh, social media companies in particular, but probably quite a bit of how we use the internet, um, that we are the source of value for many of these companies. How do you explain or uh, how do you dialogue with your students about this barrier between when something becomes a tool and when you sort of you become the tool or the barrier between a user and a source of value? When I'm playing on Roblox or Minecraft or when I'm resharing something on Twitter, how have you tried to better help people understand that the billions and billions of dollars that uh, 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 Mark Zuckerberg or uh, Jack Dorsey have doesn't come necessarily from any technical genius. It comes from they've figured out a way to turn people like me into a factory and a source of value for their companies.
1: I mean, I guess not the point that I was trying to make in the essay, right, is simply that um, if you're engaging in, in acts of sabotage using sort of like that you know the the fact that like it's it's well known that like so sort of work and, and and life have become like super intertwined especially from for many people in, in the pandemic but it's but it's not just sort of these it's not just kind of like uh, uh, tech laborers or white collar laborers. It's like, you know, if you're if you're if you're um uh, a gig worker, right? Like your whole way of mediating your your work life is through your the same machine that's mediating your social life, right? So there's a kind of like this collapse um, that's happening on a software level, also like on a hardware level, and it's happening for a lot of people, and I'm sure it will continue to happen for for you know for 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 even more people. And so when you're doing any form of act of of kind of like digital resistance. It's also necessarily going to be an act of uh, resistance, also kind of like against the self in this weird, in this weird way, right? So it's like, you know, if I'm if I engage in an act of of sabotage, if I'm trying to like hamper my productivity or the earnings of 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 my boss, right? I'm also going to be in some way hampering, uh, you know, my own my own like sort of social being, right? And, And that's just kind of like by necessity so like this 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 notion that like self-sabotage is kind of like a necessary um outcome of of digital sabotage at least in the sort of current configuration and and like as a result of like our 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 reliance on like smartphones and personal compute you know personal computing um and then and then simply so the next the next move there is, is just is just that you know perhaps though we should be like you know, self-sabotage is kind of like, it's a really, uh, it sounds very loaded or it sounds like, you know, self-harm or 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 something like that. And I just, w- I'm just, I just would like to make a distinction here between uh, uh, the, the sort of like uh, a self that that you, you know, you might have in your, you know, you, your own kind of like self-image or whatever. And then the sort of like the, the kind of like the digital self. So what is the self? If you're doing like, sabotage on the internet like or whatever like what is the self that you're sabotaging and that is uh you know that's this that's this uh this this mark zuckerbergian self the the jack Dorseyian self and or and the, the silicon valley self which is absolutely as you're as you were suggesting like um more of a uh, source of profit of someone else's profit um uh, you know than anything else, right? So it's like it's this it's this kind of like self that's emerging from um, uh, from a notion of um, of the individual as like a as like a uh, like a brand as uh, as a business entity, right? And as like a source of as as a source of profit, right? As a source of uh, as like a, a, a something that can be mined uh, and and exploited. And, uh, and 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 extract it away, um, and you know, like this is the in in you know is, it it's the result of a, a kind of like the sort of economic logic uh, where you know everything on the internet is not everything, but many things on the internet are ad based, right? And there's a kind of um, uh, you know s- surveillance that happens, data collection uh, that is you know constantly occurring. And then, uh, and then uh, that data collection is both to sell ads, but then also kind of data collection, you know, can be also for its for its own sake. And and you know the, the goal here, of course, is to just like figure out like you know like constantly, constantly be searching for, for new ways in which um, collected data uh, can be transformed into into profit.
0: So speaking of the super rich, I just wanted to talk very briefly before we go into letism about the sort of the myth of the founder. Um, if I'm working at a Facebook or a Tesla or a Microsoft, and I'm being fed this genius narrative all the time about my founder or the board, how does that, in some ways, um, if I'm not careful, trick me into um, forgetting about my own complicity? In the reproduction of these entities.
1: Sure. I mean, I think. I mean, I think the the first thing to say, which is sort of, well, first of all, like this sort of the the genius founder tech person or whatever thing is like a result of like the funding mod, models of, of you know of of Silicon Valley. I think I think in some way, right? Because it's like oh, it's always, you know, uh, the kind of like you know we get the, like the Steve Jobs, you know. Uh, this sort of Steve Jobs figure, then like you know, tra- tra- transforms into like the Elizabeth Holmes figure, <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's, it's a really like it's a, it's it's quite um, you know, and 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 that's the person that's like meeting with the people who are funding, you know, who are meeting with the funders, and like you know, and and that's the person that like you know that that trust is being put into, right, by by the people who are who are actually you know uh, doing the funding. That's you know that's, that's my understanding. But I think the other thing is like, you know, of course you're right that, you know, like it's the workers who are doing the work and not, the, not these people. But I do think that it's actually like one thing that, you know, we, one thing that's quite uh, important to realize, I, 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 and I, I'm, I'm, I believe it's the case that like these, these founders, even though they're not, you know, the, the companies are not like, uh, successful or, or, or failures based on their own personal genius, they do have like an, uh, an incredible amount of power, right. Um, with, you know, within their companies, right. So, you know, it, it, I have no doubt still that like Mark Zuckerberg, for example, has a tremendous amount of power to shape, uh, like Facebook's direction. Right. Or Jack Dorsey or something, you know, like it's like if Jack Dorsey wanted to eliminate, you know, white nationalism on, on Twitter, like Jack Dorsey could eliminate white nationalism on Twitter. It's like it's still like a choice that but that, that like he as an individual is making. Right. And 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 so part of the reason I think that like they're propped up so much in the media is that they do, in fact, have like a, like uh, they do, in fact, have a lot of power, but it's not really um, uh but when you know the media covers these companies they're not really covering them from um from like a labor standpoint right they're not really covering them from uh the standpoint of like um you know how is this stuff actually getting made right um and so and so of course they're going to like they're going to kind of like overlook um they're going to kind of like overlook the that that kind of collective labor that's going into, into making these and they're gonna, you know, in many cases, like overlook uh, the weird corporate cultures behind things, right? And then it focus, overly focus on like uh, a few individuals. I do think though that like, it's important, like, and I'm not a tech worker, right? You know, I work with technology, but I'm not like a tech worker at a company. So tech workers who are listening, like this with like a grain of salt or whatever, but like, you know, the, Tech workers do actually exercise like an extraordinary amount of or they could exercise like an extraordinary amount of power right um in their own workplaces and i think that like they, they ought to exercise more you know i'm very pro tech worker union i'm very pro like this idea that like tech workers should be thinking about their own complicity in these systems and then doing everything in their power which again, if they organize is significant to like, to, to prevent the worst harms from occurring.
0: Moving in a more radical direction, I'd like to bring up uh, Luddism. So this is a notion I'm sure it's been popularized by others, but I encountered it through the vice uh, writer, Edward Angueso Jr. and his colleague Jeff and Sadowski who have spoken up about Luddism. So this is how Edward defines it very briefly. Uh, Luddites believe technology should not be delivered or deployed if it does not immediately serve the needs of human beings, and that if such technology is developed or deployed, you are allowed to break it or sabotage it, uh, end quote. Um, Could you discuss a little bit about how Luddism has influenced your own philosophy as an artist, and how it would have differences either nuanced or um, explicit with the philosophy of sabotage that you've talked about um, in your essay and pioneer works and elsewhere.
1: I think that, uh, and this is coming out, I think in that in that in that, uh, in that quote, is that the proper understanding of Luddism is not as like a universal rejection of technology, uh, and so of course, like when like ludism is. Um, is like talked about it like frequently. It's sort of like, oh, like, uh, like this is like a universal rejection. Like I'm, I am, I am against all, all technology, no matter what, right? Um, I, and it's kind of a almost like a reactionary stance against, um, against, you know, an idea of progress, right? And so it's important, of course, to like say, like, no, that is not, that is not what Luddism is about, right? Um, I think what's a, a, a kind of a, a, to me, a, a, a a, a more accurate reading is it's, like, it's a recognition of technology's role in power struggle, right? So that the in, introduction of um, new technology, either and this could be either as like you know a brand new invention, like an, an actual like new technology, or you know so new in that sense, or new in the sense of uh, like new and new a new use of an existing uh, uh, of an existing technology, like a new application of it, right? Um, in either of those cases, like we're talking, like the thing that that should be like looked at and and and, and scrutinized is like how though that introduction of new technology uh, shifts either shifts power right um, or, or cal- kind of like calcifies existing power or, or kind of like calcifies an existing status quo, right? And so and so if you if you're kind of looking looking at technology that way, right? Um, uh then it's you can you can identify when when technology is shifting power in an objectionable way right and then you can say well we need to we need to resist that right and so like you know the 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 kind of like the luddism thing the, including I, I believe like even like the, the origins you know of, with like king ludd and, and everyone, it's like you know they're not they're not going around just like destroying technology for destruction's sake um they're they're resisting uh, they're resisting like the uh, um, or attempting to resist power being taken away, right? And so and I think that that like this is a very like important <laughs> this is a very important um, distinction, right? And, it, and, and 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 part of it is it's a pushback against the idea that technology necessarily makes things more efficient. Right. So, so, you know, again, like it's, it's sort of like a, like a frequently the kind of like a a propaganda, kind of like a propag a propaganda move to say like, Oh, uh, this new technology we're going to, we're going to bring to you is actually going to, is going to, is going to help increase efficiency. And actually it's, it's frequently the case that, uh, new technology does not make things more efficient. It might make things less efficient. Right. Um, uh, but the introduction of new technology is almost always about consolidating power in some things, right? And so that's the frame that I think is really important. Um, but you know you can't like when you're like introduce when you're like introducing say like a self-driving car, you're not you don't really want to talk about like, you know, if you if you're the person who's getting paid to introduce the self-driving car, right? You're not gonna talk about like how that's 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 gonna shift power away from some people and give it to somebody else, right? Um, uh, and you're not going to talk about like, like, well, is this, are we going to have to completely rebuild cities, which is like totally inefficient, right. Uh, in order to just like shoehorn in this technology, you are going to talk about in terms of like efficiency and, and, and other, and other sort of like made up narratives. I think a really interesting example of this is, and it's something that I've, you know, like worked with is, is predictive policing. Right. So the idea with predictive policing, policing, right? It's, you know, you make a machine learning system, you give it uh, a bunch of data, historical data about where and when crimes have occurred, and then the system attempts to predict where and when crimes will occur in the future. And the way that it's like sold, of course, right, the way that it's sold to police departments uh, and to the public is that it increases the efficiency of the police. It tells, you know, it's sort of like, you look at the map and it says like, the crimes are occurring and in this neighborhood, and the police should should be deployed here, and if they're deployed here, it's a more efficient use of their resources right um when you actually and, and for the best of my knowledge, when you actually look at the the numbers right like even by its own metrics of for success, like predictive policing uh is a failure right like it doesn't actually it doesn't actually it, as again as far as I know, it's never been shown to like you know reduce crime or something right um But what it does, and quite unquestionably, is further shift power uh, to the police, right? Uh, And away from those who are policed, you know? Um, So of course, again, like the way the problem here is is that the way that Londonism is frequently framed is that it's kind of, you know, um, um, uh, is that it's overemphasizing uh, uh, the tech and underemphasizing the context that that you know the context that produced the technology and the power plays that um, and and I think that like, like you know this is also like a really important sort of uh, really simple concept to to think about when you're when you're thinking about sabotage too right so sabotage is so frequently framed in terms of like Machine breaking, right? Like actually, like destroying, uh, destroying um, something physical, right? Destroying a machine. Um, whereas, like I think a more, like a more, a more helpful, a more helpful uh, framing is is simply around like and like this is like you know <laughs> from like uh, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn who you know wrote about sabotage in nineteen sixteen or seventeen. It's like it's just about it's just about re- reducing efficiency, right? It's about reducing efficiency, and in that process of intentionally reducing efficiency, becoming um, becoming very aware and very conscious about how profit uh, about how profit is made, you know. And so I think to me that's the that's the strong connection uh, with Luddism because Luddism when you're when you're you know is a direct confrontation, right? with, um, uh, with um, how technology uh, 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 interacts with efficiency and also with, with, with power.
0: So I've uh, really found a lot of value in looking into the tactics of resistance found in places like autonomous zones, so Tahir Square, Gezi Park, numerous uh, protest movements globally, Tactics like squatting, so um, taking over property and then repurposing it. Uh, And, of course, uh, stealing. Ever since uh, I was a theater kid and heard Les Miserables, that that moral question of someone's life being worth less than a loaf of bread, you know, has haunted me. Um, In your efforts to organize or as a critic who hopes to maybe help spark revolutionary Movements against big tech. Do you see these tactics happening concurrently in real life? So it won't, again, just be on the tech workers unionizing. It'll be maybe on the delivery drivers outside of uh, the, what is it, DoorDash offices setting up an autonomous zone. It won't just be, you know, Facebook workers petitioning to Mark Zuckerberg to end uh, white nationalism. It would be people you know, literally taking over Facebook offices. Um, so how do you see some of these real-world techniques of resistance uh, as perhaps applicable to digital spaces? And do you see revolutionary politics as it relates to big tech? Do we need both sort of real-world resistance as well as digital resistance or unionization within companies to successfully reform, abolish, uh, take on big tech?
1: the notion of like people squatting in like Facebook offices, is is like extremely, extremely compelling. Right. I, I don't, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I I do think it's quite interesting also to think about sort of like the, the infrastructure of these companies, you know, um, they're, they're, they're always, you know, grounded in like an extra, kind of like an extraordinary, um, Uh, physical infrastructure which is like data centers and you know internet cables and 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 all of that and I and I do think that people should probably be considering be considering um that kind of infrastructure when they're when they're thinking about uh different you know how that you know different forms of like revolution and, and resistance I'm also just you know interested in thinking about kind of like what it means what it might mean um to kind of like squat in in a in like a digital sense, you know, what is that like, what what does that look like? Is that, does that mean like leaving, you know, uh, files around and like random, random servers you have access to? Or like, what does that look like? I'm actually not sure, but it's quite interesting to think about. It's also really interesting to think about sort of, you know, like this sort of promise that that was made to us like about the internet when the internet was starting as this like kind of global store of all human knowledge, right? And how it's turned out to be quite not the case, right? And the only instances where that is the case are um, with the large pirate pirate sites, right? Like something like Sci-Hub or like Library Genesis or whatever, where you can like, you know, you actually in fact can get uh, access to more, not, you know, not all of human knowledge, but those are the goals of those websites. It's like, you know, let's put every single scientific article on the web. Let's put every single, you know, uh, let's put every single novel on the internet, right? For free and and for anyone to access. And those are, those are projects that to me, like I hold, no, I hold, I hold very dearly, right? One other thing I do, I do kind of think interest, is sort of interesting is how, like, in a weird way, like squatting is sort of like a technique that that like Silicon Valley itself uses, right? And maybe squatting is not exactly the right word, but something kind of like analogous to squatting, right? Like, you know, like the the, the kind of like the Uber move, right, where they like. Uh, uh, they get a tremendous amount of money to undercut taxi cabs, right, and, the, and then completely destroy that industry. And then once the industry is destroyed, they can complete, They can like you know renormalize it, take it over, and, and like you know jack the prices up and completely control the completely control uh, the marketplace. And in a way that I'm kind of like, oh, that's it, there's some kind of like analogy to squatting there, right? Um, uh, to kind of like claiming it, uh, a space. In, in an illegitimate at first illegitimate, illegitimate fashion until uh, you sort of you sort of become legitimate in a way, um, or maybe you're violently um, maybe you're violently
0: removed. I am someone who wants to abolish the police, not defund them, uh, and I am curious about your thoughts on how do you see white supremacy as structural in some of what in some of the exploitation we see in big tech or the violence that big tech unleashes? And if some of it is structural, do we need perhaps a more abolitionist framework from people who want to express a progressive viewpoint of what technology could be? Like you said with Luddism, you know, maybe some tech can be saved, others Others just need to be abolished. I don't hear that rhetoric a lot though from sort of the DSA tech world. Um, And I I just wanted to pose that question to you. Do certain things, like there's no reforming Amazon's ring, it's
1: (laughs) I think one of the problems uh, at least is that like a lot of the way that like criticism happens it allows for there to be a kind of reformist response rather than like an abolitionist response right you know so it's like you know and I, and i'm guilty of this also right in my own work so it's like if i'm writing a critique of 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 predictive policing or making a project that that critiques predictive policing it's quite easy for for people to you know for for there to be a response that says oh well uh you're talking about bias, but like we're we're like our new our new algorithm is 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 less biased than it was before. We're working on that. We're working to remove the bias from the you know. And so there's a kind of like and you see that all the time in these sort of like um, in these critiques of uh, particularly like machine learning systems. Um, and you know, great. Right, the problem is that like the critique lends itself to a response that says there can be a reform of 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 this rather than uh the, the sort of perhaps the better take the better critique is just saying like if this is just a completely inappropriate you know use of technology uh it needs to be like a hundred percent like eliminated right and yeah like or abolished right and i think i think it's a really important um i think it's a really important distinction to make and the, the other thing i think it's it's just really important to acknowledge too that like you know um you know, these, these these systems are like emerging out of a context, right? And if the context that they're emerging out of is white supremacist, then the systems are going to, you know, the, the technologies are also going to be white supremacist, right? And there's nothing, again, it's, it's not a particularly, it's not particularly complicated, right? Uh, like if a technology system is, is acting to uphold the status quo and that status quo is white supremacist, then the technology is white supremacist, right? And you need to like, and, and I, I, you know, Again, it's not particularly complicated, but I think it is a powerful. You know, it's a really important. Uh, it's really important to acknowledge and to acknowledge that and to realize that And that you know, yeah, like uh, predictive policing, it's got to go a hundred percent. It's got to be gone, right? Uh, um, Amazon, Amazon has got to go. Amazon Ring certainly has to go, right? Um, and 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 I don't think that you know. I think that's as measured as as a as response as as people should be willing to give.
0: To return to your own work, um, White Collar Crime Risk Zones uh, was a project you made where you flipped predictive policing on its head um, and created a tool that predicted where white collar crime, uh, financial crimes, and so on would, would take place. Something that I noticed in the media coverage of this was a lot of what I would call liberal publications. So capitalism can work. We just need to tweak it. That's my, that's my definition of liberalism these days. Um, used this tool rather than as a criticism of capitalism as a whole, used it as, uh, a, as uh, a way to advocate for reform. Oh, this is a great critical tool for pointing out. We just need to reform capitalism and do away with these white collar crimes, and then it will be fine. What were your own thoughts on the reception, which was quite large, from my understanding of the media coverage, uh, relatively speaking? What was your thoughts on What were your thoughts on the reception to White Collar Crime Risk Zone? And did you? See any of what I'm talking about, or am I misinterpreting the media coverage? Were people trying to say a critique uh, that was reformist when you were trying to make a larger point about the structural violence of capitalism as a whole?
1: I think that you're raising a really interesting, you know, point here, which is like something I've, yeah, considered. It's with, with that project, and actually, like with with like any, you know, so if you're writing. If you're if you're trying to critique like predictive policing right or policing in general right there's maybe the typical way of doing this is writing an essay about it or talking about it, right writing a book something like that right some kind of like rhetorical discursive um, you know uh, format right and and you know there's many many advantages to, to doing that and 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 and, and you know, one of the advantages to just like writing about something is that you can be unambiguous right i mean you, you could also be ambiguous if you want to but you can be on un- it you can be very very unambiguous with something like white collar crime risk zones and, and a lot of my other projects actually you know they're kind of like you could think of them almost as like an you know, embodied critique or something right That's like it's it's like the critique happens in, in a, some kind of experience right um and so uh you gain you gain a lot by doing that right you gain a kind of like a, you gain something but you one thing that you you don't gain is uh 100% uh clarity and uh and non ambiguity right you know so like like with 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 a piece like that right like you know uh it's it's it be, becomes open to interpretation you know and um and like one of the ways that some certain people interpreted it, interpreted it, you're right, is like and kind of what I was saying before, like oh, you know, well, I mean, <laughs> there's there's actually a lot of ways it was interpreted, and some of them were quite funny. Like like for example, like you know, I would get uh, emails from people being like, oh, this is so interesting. You should you'd be really interesting if you tried this for uh for like uh, street crime. You know, which is like a very, you know, so, okay, so that's like one kind of interpretation, which is, which is, you know, obviously not, not what I was going for. And then, you know, the, the other kind is sort of what we were talking about before, like, oh, well, the system is biased, um, you know, or, or pr- predictive policing is biased. So like, we'll, we'll, f- we'll fix the bias in it. Right. Um, and, and then the other kind of interpretation after that is like, oh, well, this isn't like an abolitionist project because you're still talking about policing. You're just talking about policing um, uh, a different group of people, right? And, um, you know, the sort of, the sort of, you know, I, it wasn't, you know, the people that I was working with, uh, Brian Clifton and Francis Singh, and, and we did it with the new inquiry, like, you know, we were all coming from like an abolitionist perspective, so you know for us it was like an abolitionist project, right but again, like you sort of like lose you, you know you you lose control once uh you know once something is out there, and i think that's uh you know that's that's fine um but it's uh it can be it can be a bit um it can it can be a bit uh, a bit difficult i guess it's also sort of like things a lot of a lot has i think changed uh maybe in, in in uh the kind of common imagination about 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 prison abolition in the last uh you know since that project was 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 published right and I think that there's a sort of there's there's uh certainly I would say um a a broader acceptance or or interest in it now than there was uh than there was then. Um but yeah like of course um of course, organizations and people are gonna look at that and then and then be unwilling or unable to um, make make the the most important kind of demands. Um, you know one one interesting sort of like side effect of that of that work and like one thing that I really we after we released that work, we sent it to the I just like emailed like, you know, I don't know, like hundreds of mayors across the country. Like I found like all these, you know, email addresses from from mayor's offices and I sent them the project to see if they were interested in, you know, incorporating it into their into their police policing. And uh, some of the responses were were very interesting to that, you know, because it sort of gave you a sense of like how many uh, municipalities were already using predictive policing, like if they were familiar with the term or not. Uh, but one of my favorite responses was someone writing back saying, like, um, we need to focus on the other kind of crime, you know, we need to focus right. And so there's there's a kind of like a very like sort of revealing aspect, right, when you share that a work like this. And sometimes like when you're making a critical work that's also like a little bit ambiguous and a little bit experiential, like part of what's happening is uh, is your is is it is it acts as a way to to sort of like reveal what's what's going on more than um really more than change it you know and that that can be good and that could also uh be disappointing
0: you've created things that i think people that that are designed to be parodies or uh humorous criticisms of some of these very these entities that became profit-seeking or were just ridiculous but now uh Integral to our lives, so lazy coin, uh, zoom escaper. How do you make sure that what you make doesn't become profit seeking? Um, do you ever worry, or when you're talking to other artists who the temptation you know, I'm sure has existed for you and other people you know to uh, use some of these things to seek profit? Is there a way to? Capitalist proof, either our anti-capitalist tools or our ideology. Um, and how have you had to deal with that? Um, how have you prevented any of what you've made from becoming another Dogecoin? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: It's really difficult question because you because of course, like again, like once you put something out there, you it's very difficult to control like how it's used. And I think that the thing that I that I try to do is I just try to think about um, I just try to think about like, you know, if i if I put code into the world, right, or or whatever, like even even not code things, like, you know, how can they be used? And like what's the worst case scenario? And is there a risk? I, is, is there a potential for harm being caused here? And then uh, and then if there is, like how likely is that? You know, and like, and you know, there's there's gradations of this stuff and, and you and you think about it and you talk to your collaborators and you ask advice and, and you and you and you make and you kind of make a call. Right, you know, I mean, of course, there's things that you can't that you can't foresee, and um, and one of uh, and you know, and 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 I'm sure the Dogecoin thing is like that for the the guy or the person or whoever invented Dogecoin, and you know, I'm sure they had no you know clue that that was whatever what was gonna what was gonna happen, um, or the whatever you know the the Pepe the Frog person, you know, had no idea how that was gonna you know kind of End up that that, w- that would sort of end up becoming this sort of like cult- cultural signifier for the far right, but like you know, so I think I think that there's there's always the possibility that, that what you make is going to get used in a way that uh, is extremely objectionable uh, to you. That for me that hasn't really that hasn't quite happened yet. I think it's been pretty, uh, uh, you know. I mean, they're obviously like they're, you know. There's interpretations of my work that are out there that I disagree with and dislike. Um, you know, when that happens, I you know, it's mostly like mostly just like blame yourself, right? And not and not the uh, and not the and not the and not the person doing the bad interpretation, right? Um, but of course, like I, you know, the the one of the most like incredible. Uh, terrifying things about capitalism is its like ability to like kind of like incorporate anything into itself, and it's very difficult to imagine. It's very, very difficult to imagine like, uh, like like a way to sort of like uh, make a capitalist proof tool or like a capitalist uh uh proof um uh like you know critique. Right, I th- I think it's 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 extremely difficult to imagine. Uh, some some friends of mine uh evers pitkin and ramsey Nasser have made this software license it's like an anti-capitalist software license which i use in some of my projects and 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 i really like using it in my projects i kind of think that um and basically just you know states that like you know this code can't be used for profit seeking motives but but i think you know you know, using that is also a, like I don't know. I don't know if that's like actually like effective in any way. It's hard to say, right? I mean, certainly, uh, it feels nice to 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 put that on the on the code and make that part of the project. It feels good to me, and it's you know. But but perhaps perhaps I'm not sure. Uh, it, perhaps it's more of uh, of, a, of a performance than than anything else, you know. Um, and uh if there's one thing that you can be, yeah, if there's one thing you can be sure of is that uh uh capital will always find a way, right? It'll always, it'll always it'll always manage in some ways to do uh to to incorporate uh uh the critique into itself, right? Um so I think you know, I, I would love to see examples of of something that was capitalist proof uh and uh uh, you know, I, I haven't really I haven't really uh, run across them too much.
0: So the last question, Sam, and thank you so much for your time today. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation and uh, I hope it is more food for thought for people who work in these industries or uh, people who are opposed to these industries. Um, I One of the big regrets I have... is is probably getting into leftism when I was younger in that people say we a lot and you very quickly discover, unfortunately, that great George Carlin joke, it's a big club and you're not in it, uh, applies to the left quite a bit. Um, I think the left in general does a very poor job preparing people for the risks that come with direct action as well as the isolation uh, that comes from having a leftism that's devolved, not evolved, devolved into very much the celebrity hierarchical model uh, that I think, uh, at least, I really don't like about work and I really don't like about organizing. So I wanted to talk with you for the last question just very briefly. We've talked about sabotage, Luddism, critique, What are some of the risks, either to one's health or to one's wallet, um, that comes from taking on these systems uh, of tech, uh, of of being critical or of being a saboteur? What risks does one face? Um, Are there ways we can better uh, disseminate those risks? So having people who can bear the most punishment be the ones who are the most militant? And why why do we need to take these risks in the first place? What does a world look like in ten, twenty, thirty years where big tech has been unopposed by antagonists? Um so that that'll be the last question and take that whoever you'd like.
1: Yeah. No, I mean I think I think the way to mitigate risk is to work with other people, you know? And and and, and that. That's kind of it, you know. So I've, I've, I've also like, you know, I, I think, I think part of it's, a, it's, it's, it's complicated and difficult for me to talk about. But it's like, I think part of the issue here is that, is that depending on the kind of thing that you're doing, right? There's going to be, well, for all, there'll be different, different amounts of risk, right? Um, but there might be different sort of like ways of understanding success or failure, right? And there might also be um, uh, ways of understanding success or failure that aren't your own, right? So I think that like one of the, one of the issues here is like, is like, uh, of course always is like spectacle, right? So uh, when I'm making a project, you know, I'm thinking of myself as like a, like a performer in a way, right? And I am making a spectacle. And sometimes that works out really well for you know, I think for me, and sometimes it does what I want it to do. And sometimes um, it was it maybe perhaps it's a mistake, right? Um, uh, but I'm like, you know, I'm very much like looking at my work, like, as performance, as, as the production of spectacle in some, in, in some way. And, and of course, that allows me to do certain things. And it, it also has like fairly severe limitations, right? Um, one thing that that I have been thinking a lot about, um, yeah. Or are the the two um, the two women who were sabotaging uh, sabotaging the pipeline, right? And their decision to publicly come out about that, which was part partially, I think a, re- a response to the fact that like their efforts were not being um, like no one was seeing them, no one was no one no one was. They, they basically like were doing all this sabotage work, and no one was covering them right so they, they uh, no one was no one was sort of like t- talking about what they were doing, and so they they you know they did not get they got caught on purpose right in order to produce like some kind of spectacle um, and and to, um, uh, to and to make their work visible to like a larger group of people, right. And and they and in doing so, like they, you know, they're going to go to jail for a long time, right? To answer your 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 next the last part of your question, like what are the consequences of of not of, of of inaction? I guess is kind of what you were saying, right? Um, like what does it look like in the future if if there's sort of like you know, no one does anything and there's like just like big tech like hegemony forever or something, right? and uh you know i mean i think we all know what that, i mean i think we know what that looks like right you know like i mean we've know it it's so, okay so we we more or less know know what it looks like it's like the dump it's like it's sort of like just imagine the, like the stupidest sort of like you know or like the you know sort of like uh most surveillance state like uh kind of like nightmare scenario but like it's exercised in ways. I think the thing that, that is like, it's like, you, you kind of know what it looks like, but the thing that is always surprising is the way in which it's like the dumbest possible thing, right, the stupidest thing, you know? So like, I think it's like, you know that, you know, you sort of like know the dystopia is coming, but the exact sort of like the contours of of, of it, like they get, you know, that's the thing that's maybe a, bit, maybe a bit unknown or a bit surprising, right? But I do think it's interesting. Um, I do think it's really interesting that you know, some of the two, the two, two of the richest people in the world, right, are at this moment both like attempting, uh, to you know to leave the planet, right, um, and you know I think that's I think I think it sort of that that says a lot, right, um, and it also says a lot about um, it says a lot about uh, uh about their imagination also. So like I don't know if you've if you've seen the the Jeff Bezos announcement about Blue Origin he does like this I think it's like a 45 minute talk um, about uh, you know announcing uh, his space program and um, and one of the many striking things in this talk is it reveals the sort of extreme limits of his own imagination right um, so he holds up uh, there's like a, you know he's in front of a big projector or whatever and there's he shoots up this big where it says like rationing so he's, you know he says like uh, he says, uh, we ha- we got basically like you know we've got to get off the planet, or we face a future of 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 rationing. Either we have a future of surplus because of space, or we have a future of of rationing um, because we we use up the resources on the planet. You know, and so like. You know, the first thing that's limiting his imagination is he does he like this sort of like uh, perhaps willful ignorance to 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 the reality that rationing is already a thing that is occurring on the planet, right? As a result of him, you know, in part, right? Um, and then and then down the line, right? He kind of shows you in this in this in this quite remarkable talk, he shows you a a vision of uh of of like living in a space station in the future, right? And you know, what's in this vision of living in this space station in the future? It looks like this sort of like pastoral American, you know, American fantasy or whatever. There's I think there's literally like a red barn, you know, in space, right? And and that's it, right? So like so 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 there's something that that like is um uh there's something that's so limiting just in terms of imagination to these visions, right? Um, And there's also something, you know, that uh, there's something obviously dystopian about it, um, but it's also, it's also, um, it's also so um, just, just in terms of like like the desires that these people have and their visions, they're just like nothing. It's just like thin air, right? But it's like a dystopian thin air. And I think that's that's you know, that's the future that 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 we're all facing.